Welcome to the Ranting and Braving Podcast with your hosts. I'm Kellen Key with my good friend, Eric Marcus. Happy to be here. This is this is really cool. I think it's crazy that we finally did this. I feel like since we met, it's like, okay, we got to do something. Like, we got to put some some something on the air. We got to, because, I don't know, I just like talking about the breaks. And <laughs> I think you shared that. Yes, we, uh, yeah, we're, I mean, we're coast to coast buddies, met in California, and then I just got sucked back into the black hole that is Metro Atlanta. So Cal, tell me about, like, how did you become a Braves fan? Like what, where did this start? Obviously you're from there, so that makes sense. Yeah, well, born in, born in Cali. um, So I I had started a Dodgers fan. Mm -hmm. I'm not 100% sure about this, but I think Lake Elsinore Storm, they were an affiliate. They were a minor league affiliate. I think of the Dodgers. Or they got switched and they were for the Padres, okay. one of them. One yeah, of the they're with the Padres teams. now. That's like, that's my neck of the woods. I'm down this, not down the street, mm-hmm. but like 20 minutes from them. Yeah. Well, I grew up going to those games. My parents had season tickets, but I moved to Georgia when I was five, December of 97, uh, right on the cusp of pitchers and catchers reporting that year. And everybody out here was all big on a guy named Chipper. Uh, thought that was a real good. dumb name. And then I looked him up and for the next like 14 years of my life, it's my favorite player. So that's uh, that's how. Plus the stretch of the 90s, guys like Maddox, Glavin, Smoltz, Blouser. So who were your favorite players growing up? Was Chipper your favorite? Chip, Chipper was the fave. I loved Andrew Jones. Dude, it was like watching a gazelle on the African yeah. plains, man. Just flying after fly balls. Um, yeah, I yeah, and then have vivid memories of watching him fly under a ball, and it's like, oh yeah, the ball doesn't touch the ground here. That's where Andrew Jones lives. It does not. I I can't remember a really okay hit ball hitting the ground that wasn't a solid knock. And then uh, I spent a couple of years playing rec ball and just really loved the the Gary Sheffield waggle. So uh-huh. I tried that until I discovered how completely <laughs> impractical and ridiculous it was. Right. Right. So. Yeah, but what about you? You're a you're a California native. How on earth? Yeah. So how on earth did you I, become a Braves fan? <laughs> well, I can thank Mr. Ted Turner for that because when I was a kid, I grew started loving baseball in general and caught it caught my attention with the Sammy Sosa Mark McGuire home run chase. And so I'm watching that and at the same time, I'm just getting more and more into baseball. And so Sammy Sosa was like my very first baseball love. And my dad was a Dodger fan. We grew up in Orange County near where the Angels played. So like baseball was around me. But I started playing video games. I remember playing Triple Play 2000, which had Sammy Sosa on the cover. And as I was playing that, I remember like somewhere in there learning that the Braves were my favorite team and like following them. And the Braves were really good. They were really good in the video game and they were good in real life. And so I'm getting into the Braves and the Braves that year went to the World Series. And I'd been following them through the whole season and they get to the World Series. They're playing the Yankees and I'm all in on this team. And then they lose. And I'm like, I was heartbroken because I didn't realize that there was another season. So I'm like, I just watched this team and it's done. And they didn't even win. So my parents helped me and they're like, it's okay. They're going to be back next year. It's going to be okay. And after that, I was all in. And so like, I have memories of like when John Rocker started like saying all the mean things about the Mets 
like and was suspended or whatever happened to him. I took John Rocker from my video game team and I released him to the free agents and I continued playing without him. And then when he came back, I added him back to the team. So like I was doing MLB the show transactions in whatever grade that was like second grade. But no, I've just, I, because the Braves were on TV, I'd watch them and they were there or TBS was on the channel right next to ESPN. So I'd watch ESPN and then I'd watch TBS and I'd watch, I'd come home from school. The games were on at four. I'd watch the Braves. And that was, that was my day. It's like, come home, watch the Braves. Then I'd eat dinner, watch the Dodgers, watch the Angels, and then go to sleep. And then in the summer, it was watch the Cubs, watch the Braves, watch the Dodgers, watch the Angels. And that's how I became the baseball nerd that I am. Whatever happened to John Rocker? I don't know. He was really good, though. Like, he was a nutcase, but he was probably one of my favorite pitchers on the team. Dude was cracked, but... Yeah, he's, he's nuts. He fell off the face of the earth I faster than just about anybody else I think I can remember. I mean, now knowing what we know about steroids, it's pretty clear he had some of that because he was dealing with roid rage and all that other extra stuff. So it kind of makes sense that... He was there for a short time, but he was really good. He was really, really good. If I remember the story correctly, I think he was on Marta, which in that situation, while it may be roid rage, having taken Marta several times, for all I know, it could have been self-defense. So let me behind the curtain. What is Marta? I don't know what that Um, is. Metro Atlanta Rapid Transit Authority. Okay. That makes sense. So it's like their bus system, bus train, okay, a whole nine yards for Metro, okay, inside the perimeter cool. and a little bit outside. But yeah, That's and cool. so right, John Rocker and then Sammy Sosa, huh? Really uncorked your yeah. love for baseball, huh? So the the corked bat thing was the other thing that I've always kind of lived in denial about. Like people would say, "Oh yeah, he corked the bat. He's been cheating." I'm like, "No, he's he didn't. It was an accident because he said." that they use corked bats in like batting practice and then regular bats during the game. So I've just convinced myself that that was, he accidentally grabbed the wrong bat and that's why it happened. Sammy Sosa is innocent. Um, I realized that my irrational trust in Sammy Sosa is exactly that, but yeah, no, I, I don't know. This is for another time, but the steroid era hits hard for me and like really pulls on my heartstrings. So I'm going to defend those guys as long as I need to. Like I would put him in the hall. I put McGuire in the hall. I put Bonds in the hall, even though I don't like him. Like all of those guys belong because they're a huge reason for why I became a boy, a baseball fan. Like if we didn't have these superheroes playing baseball and looking like superheroes, I'm not into it. Like I have, I had this game where it was like all these home run hitters and they, I don't even know what they do, but I learned all the home run hitters because they were in the game. And that's what made baseball cool. Whereas like, I didn't care about Michael Jordan. I didn't care about whoever was good in football. Like baseball was my sport. And I had these tangible heroes I could root for. My baseball hero didn't actually play baseball, at least not for real. Who was your baseball hero? Pablo Sanchez. (laughs) 
Pablo Sanchez was dope too. I mean, I was <laughs> Every yeah, time. He, he was great. He was great. I remember when my I play so whenever I'd go to my grandma's house, we'd play backyard, I'd play backyard baseball. And Ichiro was great because Ichiro was just super weird in that game. And then Derek Jeter was in there and he'd talk about how his favorite food was chicken parmigiana. And he doesn't know what parmigiana means, but it's got cheese all over it. And ever now, whenever I have chicken parm, that's the reference that comes out. My sister and my wife both think that I'm weird, but that's what it is. I don't understand how Major League Baseball hasn't capitalized on the nostalgia that an entire generation of us baseball fans feels about backyard baseball. But I digress. This yeah. is a this is a ranting and a Braves podcast. And so we're we're navigating into rabbit trail territory, which is not what we are about. So Eric, who are you? What makes Eric Eric? Your um, essence. My essence of me. I don't know. I'm a regular guy. I I love baseball. That's kind of where it starts. I mean, maybe that's not where it starts, but it's a huge part of it. I don't know. I've lived here um my whole life. Um, Southern California in a couple different spots. I don't know. I sell appliances. I'm a pretty regular guy. I like it. I'm good at it, I guess. I don't know. I like people. So, and I like to talk. Um, so that's a lot of me. What about you? I feel like if you were bad at sales, you would know it. Yeah, I was bad at sales. Well, so like I remember, I because I started like selling stuff when I was in working at Starbucks. Like people, I used to work at Starbucks. Mm, and people Starbucks. would come in and... If you bought a cake pop was, well, let's rewind a little further. I had a manager who told me that if I didn't offer a pastry, I would be written up and I didn't take her seriously. And I was working morning shifts at the time and I'm not a morning person. It's exhibited by our plan to start at eight o'clock my time and 11 year time. And I didn't actually, we didn't get started until closer to nine, but here we are. Um, But anyway, so I'm, she tells me, oh, if you don't offer a pastry, you're going to get in trouble. I'm like, okay, whatever. And so I'm doing my best, and I wasn't offering pastries because I wasn't thinking about it because it's 8 in the morning or 6 in the morning, whatever time it was. And I got in trouble. And I was like, what the heck? Like, this doesn't make any sense. It's such a dumb reason to get in trouble. And she explained, no, you need to offer a pastry, blah, blah, blah. It'll help drive sales. I'm like, I don't care about that. I don't get paid for this. I'm just here to sell coffee and move along, pay my bills and eat fast food because that's what I was spending most of my money. Well, she, so I come back after a couple of days off and being frustrated and, oh, and she told me I wasn't friendly enough, which seems crazy because I'm generally in a pretty good mood, but I come back and I'm like, okay, I'm going to offer a patient every dang customer that comes through these doors. I'm going to smile at them. <laughs> Whether they like and, it or not. Yeah, exactly. Um, and after that, it just kind of, I got better at it and I got used to it. I started paying attention to, oh, well, this coffee goes with this pastry. So you should try this. Or, oh, right now there's a deal on cake pops where if you buy one cake pop, it's $150, but for another one, you can, or for a dollar more, you get two. So every time someone would order an odd number of cake pops, I'd bump them up to the even number, number because it's only a dollar more. And those are easy sales. So, I've been doing this for a while and I like it, 
I tried another sales job that didn't work, but the guy told me, it's like, imagine if you got paid for every pound of coffee you sold. I'm like, heck yeah. So commission sales has always kind of been something that I'm like, oh yeah, I should try that. And so when I finally got the opportunity, I was like, oh yeah, this is fun. I like this. And now I get this rush of like, woohoo, I sold something. Woohoo. I get to like, I don't know. It's fun, but that's a lot about me. There's more to it, but we'll, we'll stop there. (laughs) What about you? We'll unfold it as we go. Yes. Um, I believe when we met, we were both slaves to the siren, right? Yeah. You were that's crazy. You weren't there for like you were there, you were gone pretty quickly after that, right? Oh yeah, because it sucked. Yeah. Well, yeah, I was there too, and I wasn't loving my spot either. Yeah, no. So I'll I'll I'll, I'll my typical response to Starbucks stuff I'll share kind of as we, we get into this. I am I am married, so I'm a husband. Yeah. Most of the time when I'm good at it, then she'll, she'll let me know when I'm not. Um, I'm a, I'm a dad one so far and it's super fun. Uh, she's wild, man. Woo. She doesn't walk. She runs everywhere. Um, oh my gosh. Always in a hurry, but just like mm-hmm. loves to get there. I'm a next gen pastor at a, at a church about 45 cool. minutes due West of mm-hmm. Atlanta. So we're about a little under an hour from the battery. ATL. That's cool. I am an adjunct online professor. And if I'm lucky, I'm able to sleep. <laughs> so I never, I never stop. But with, with, with students, especially when they get really excited and they land their first job, which more often than not is Starbucks because it's mm-hmm. enticing. Oh, you spend five, six bucks a pop there anyway. Oh, here's your, here's your discount and all these sweet quote unquote benefits that you get. And I just tell them to run. I tell them to run. I have never had a more miserable experience in a shorter term than I had working at a Starbucks in Southern California. It was miserable. I will also qualify though. That Starbucks did not have a drive-thru. It was all in store. And we had one of those Clover machines and we were one of the only stores with the Clover for like miles so people okay. would come in for their fix and it'd be like, yeah, get in line, customers. but we've got four more of these cooking and it's going to take at least 20 minutes to give you your eight ounces of bougie bagged, ultra expensive, but same farm coffee. It was a mess. But yeah. So that's, that's me in a nutshell. And then some, but yeah, I'm all over. It's uh, but it's a good time. And now I can officially add to the list. I am a podcaster. <laughs> right it right, is no, it's I a hate. good time it's fun ranting and braving but uh yeah we uh we are recording and right after pitchers and catchers have reported and and players have begun hitting the camps and the world baseball classic uh hype is beginning to rise as mm-hmm. it will inevitably crash as soon as the venezuelan team is out in the first round and it, yeah <laughs> yeah i love so I got to go to a World Baseball Classic game in 2017. The USA was playing Puerto Rico in San Diego. So me and a buddy went down there and I got to watch my native Puerto Rico play against the Americans. And it was cool. It was like, at least with international games, it felt like a party. Like people were in the stand and they're jumping and they're singing and they're playing music and it was like this is different like this is not your average game so it was a blast um you remember who was playing a chance to go um like on those teams well which teams were playing 
Oh, it was USA versus Puerto Rico. Nice. Yeah, so it was nice. cool. I mean, I mean, the whole, I mean, Javi Baez, Carlos Correa, um, who else was a Puerto Rican? Like all, there was tons of, or Francisco Lindor back before I liked, when I still liked him. And then the USA, I mean, they were stacked. I think they ended up winning the title, but it was cool. But yeah, so I would love to do it again. Yeah, there's, I don't know. I think it's just super fun. Speaking of World Baseball Classic, do you know who I think is sneaky good this year that could could probably go farther than most people expect? Uh, who? Who do you think? Watch for the Netherlands. Oh yeah, so but they're always like this. Like I figure if they're gonna have a year that's gonna struggle, it'd be this year. Like guys are just older. Like, yeah, Xander but- Bogarts is old, and like Andrelton Simmons is not the Andrelton Simmons from a few years ago, and. Kenley Jansen's old, like I don't know. But this is I'm I'm thinking they're team baseball. I think they could okay. be sneaky good. Yeah. They're not gonna win at all, but I think I think they'll make a run. I think they'll be interesting. The Venezuela team always seems like, oh yeah, that team could be really good. Um Japan has I mean obviously they've got Otani, but like they've got other guys. Whereas I feel like in years past it was just the people who hadn't come to the United States that we've never heard of. Um, but it's going to be fun. I I'm really excited. Um, I'm just excited about how many guys we've got playing and on, yeah. on multiple different teams. Yeah, no, I think that's cool. I mean, Mike Trout is playing. He never does anything fun. I think he's probably tired of losing. So I figured I'll go play in a tournament where there's a good chance I'm going to win. Well, <laughs> I'm just waiting for he gets hurt. Yeah, that would suck. That's why he doesn't do anything fun. He just gets hurt all yeah. the time. Did you see the comments that Mike Trout had, or that Otani made about playing for the Angels? No. Tell me. So they're early camp and they're asking him about free agency. And he's like, I am an Angel right now. I am excited to be here right now, which is, you might as well just say, I will not be here later. Like, I am going to leave. He's like, oh, I've never done free agency. I don't really know what to expect. That is code for, guys, I'm leaving. Trade me now. Get as much as you can because if you don't, that one pick is not going to be worth it. Like, I don't know why the Angels have waited this long to trade him, but he's he's telling them, hey, I'm leaving. I am leaving. And I don't know. I don't understand. The Angels are weird. Like Jersey sales and seats, my guy. Yeah, it's I mean, the, I get it. I've cash been cow. To, I've been there. I've seen him. When Otani is Otani, it's it's a thing. But you also need to be able to look yourself in the mirror and say, can I keep this guy? Is he going to stay? And the answer is no. There's no way. So they need to get him out of there, get something for him. They've already wasted too much time. Should have traded him when the Padres got Soto because you would have gotten a huge package of prospects and major league talents and all kinds of stuff. But now it's now there's no reason to obviously someone's still going to give something up, but it's not the same as had they traded him when there was still a market. And I don't know. I just, it makes me sad because Angel, I have a lot of friends who are angel fans and I get it. Like it's going to suck when he leaves. I mean, we felt that when Freddie left, I mean, I can imagine mm-hmm. what it was like in Atlanta when Freddie left. It's like, Oh yeah, um, I'm not ready for this guy to go. Like, what was that like? Depressing. 
it was it was a dark cloud. Like people people were visibly and audibly upset. Facebook, mm. my gosh, the number of people that posted farewells to Freddy's or what the heck, <laughs> you know, gosh, Anthopolis, you're the worst GM on the planet. And of course, I'm like, this man just pulled off just one the greatest one trade series. deadline in sports history mm. to win a World Series. Now, that's revisionist history because we had no idea that was going to be what it was. Mm-hmm. But the man just pulled off a trade, multiple trades, after our top generational talent right fielder tears his ACL, our catcher mm-hmm. tears his thumb ligament, and what what the heck else was that? No, Ozzy wasn't out that year, but or was he? Ozzy was everybody, everybody dropping well, like the whole flies. outfield was the whole outfield was a mess. Ozuna at that time, well, he did something to his thumb or whatever. And then Probably he did something with had the thumb. first incident. He had <laughs> he had his first incident. What else is going on that year? Yeah, that was a, that was a year. That was a year. All that to say, um, this man just won you a World Series, and you're gonna you're gonna just clown him like that. I think I think it was ridiculous. But yeah, I was disappointed because he was the next thing to chipper that we've had in mm-hmm. twenty years. But yeah, pretty much. I mean, for the money he was he was asking for, and there, I mean, you know, there's a whole situation. We're never going to know the truth with his agent and whether or not he was holding Anthopolis hostage, which I think is hilarious. That you've mm-hmm. got to have the stones to be like, hey, it's this or we walk, and it's like, okay, I'm just going to call the bottom of the barrel franchise with a great first baseman trade for him for pennies on the dollar and. Good luck in L.A., which ironically, living in California, you know this between the taxes uh-huh. and the, the cost of living and all that. Mm-hmm. Freddie is making less yes. on his paychecks than he would be if he were here. Right. Like, I mean, it's annoying. Like taxes out here are terrible. Yes, the sunshine is nice. But you know what? I bet the sunshine's in Atlanta. I bet he would be just fine out there, but whatever. Uh, it also rains a little bit more in Atlanta than it does out there, to be fair. That's fair. Well, some people like the rain. Let and, the rain fall down. Anyway, this message brought to you by Hillary Duff. Uh, <laughs> great stuff. Yeah, Braves, we are hitting camp. World Baseball Classic, Freddie, fun rants. But we're hitting camp. We've If we're listening to a Braves Cup podcast, we probably already know that people are listening to their own news, checking the sports, getting predictions. Um, how are you feeling about this year's team? You know, I think this team is – I think it's really good. Like, they're balanced is what I'll say. Is There's not one player that's like, oh – like, they're not led by one sole player. Last year, Ronald Acuna Jr. would have been, in a normal year, our best player, and he just didn't play like our best player. And that's a good thing because it it's – because the talent dispersion or the talent has needed to be dispersed enough that any one player can have a day and be the guy. And you're not solely relying on that one player. So I feel really good. Like I like the moves that they made. I like what we've got to work with. I feel really good about this team and yeah, there's some holes, but that's part of the season is figuring out how are we going to patch these holes? And I think that's normal. That's normal. You're going to, you figure that out. That's part of what you do in a baseball season is like, Hey, yeah, we're going to need to find a shortstop at some point, but that's okay. Cause we've got 
two months, like the first two months of a season are kind of figuring out, okay, who are we? And then the next two are figuring out those holes. And then it's like, all right, this is what we've got. Let's go. And that's how it was with the Braves the year we won the World Series is, okay, this team is a struggling team, but like at least they're more or less 500 when they're hot, when they're bad. And then they go, and Acuna goes out, they make some moves, they pass those holes, people come together and they hit the race. We're off to the races. Yeah, I uh, I think this team is is set to win. Um, I mean, we talked about the the trades and stuff kind of on the phone through through text. Um, Sean mm-hmm. Murphy was huge. Um, yeah, left a broken part of my heart because William Contreras. I'm gonna miss our petty teenage angsty fight. That's my song. You can't have it. No, that's yeah. my song. And we're going to, we're going to fight over it and we're going to, we're going to pitch and bat over it. And I'm going to one up you. I'm going to have whatever his name trumpet guy come and play for a regular season <laughs> game and not a playoff game because we're dumb. I I honestly just on a side note, I think an entire, an entire summary of the Mets organization could be contained within the fact that they had what's the guy's name? It's the Timmy Trumpet or t- Trumpet Timmy something. Trumpet. Yeah, like let's bring in Timmy Trumpet for some rando Tuesday night game to play Edwin Diaz's intro song live. Live walking, and it's like you that's you save that junk for the playoffs or opening day. That would have been crazy if they used that in the playoffs. Like that's one way to get people juiced up. It's another way to sell super high price tickets and pay for that four hundred fifty million dollar payroll. But I digress. We're talking about the Braves. Um, hey, I think hey. the one one through six is pretty much set. Um, really, really, really good. Acuna, Harris, Riley, first baseman Olsen. Mm-hmm. I should have remembered that because Freddie Olsen. Uh, and then you've got your 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 tandem. I think Murphy, Darno. I think whoever's catching that day, the other person's going to DH for the most part. I think the the seven through nine is going to be the tricky part where we're we're going to platoon left field to begin the year. I actually think Rosario mm-hmm. is going to have a bounce back here. Um, I sure hope so. I mean, I'm I'm he, looking for two and a half war out of him this year. I think two and a half mm-hmm. F war is doable, and I think I think he'll get there. Um, I and I think he'll become every day before the year is up. I do. I think when you got junk with your Freddie had junk with his eyes. You remember that year, dude was swinging and Don't. missing at stuff like what's the what's the stupid MLB the show thing you hear every time somebody strikes out. You couldn't hit that one with an or right. That was <laughs> that was Freddie for about three months when he had eye issues so i don't can... remember that i just remember oh, when he gosh. had that noodle arm when he told whoever it was it's like oh yeah i feel like i'm swinging a wet noodle like get this guy out of here because we don't need someone swinging a wet noodle that's not good yeah but yeah, i don't remember and, eye issues and the food safety on top of that come on do better <laughs> um seven through nine is going to be i think the the real kicker um so whoever's in left field I think whoever is handling shortstop. Yeah. And then it'll be okay. Yeah. And then and then Ozzy. Ozzy's gonna be yeah. in there. But I feel good about Ozzy. I think he'll have a bounce back year. You're not confident. Okay. That man's yeah. approach at the plate is more aggravating than an athleisure sporting bougie soccer mom in Southern California ordering a Fappertino with seven or eight different steps. I'd rather have to deal with that than watch Ozzy step up to the plate with the approach that he's been taking the last couple of years. Why? Help, get, help me understand your perspective. 
I get it, but help me. Let me. Uh, so Ozzy's approach is very simple: see ball, swing at ball. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's all he does. Uh huh. He'll swing at it, and if he makes contact, great. Foul ball. They live to see another day, and occasionally he barrels it enough to get it out of the park. Mm-hmm. Now, I mean, he'll hit thirty home runs if he's lucky, but that man's that man's plate discipline is. I imagine if you took him to a Golden Corral, he'd he'd put everything on his plate. (laughs) Zero plate discipline for that man. (laughs) Great defensive second baseman. Yeah. But zero, zero plate discipline. And it drives me nuts. So I'm glad that he'd be at the bottom of the order, hopefully, because I only have to see that that maybe three times a game. Don't you, isn't that what you want is a guy who's, I mean, at the bottom of the order, because think about like the last couple of years. The bottom of the order hasn't been necessarily a player that you're banking on. It's like, oh, yeah, well, maybe like when Dansby was batting eighth or ninth, it's like, okay, I don't expect much from him, but then he hits. When you had Michael Harris at the bottom, you're like, I don't really expect anything because this kid just got got here, and then he'd hit. So if we're putting – I mean, I guess the issue is, is you're not putting him eighth. You're going to be putting him like sixth or seventh, and so you kind of want that guy to hit. But he's still towards the bottom of the order. And if he's hitting, he's going to be hitting with people on base probably. And he's not one who's – it's not like he's hitting weak – like weak hit – he's not weakly hitting the ball. He's hitting it hard. So I get where you're coming from, and you definitely want to see him get on base a little bit more and maybe work a walk every once a week or something. But That would be a I miracle. Know. I think he'll – I think this year he's going to spend more time playing like a smart baseball player rather than just swinging at the first thing that he sees. My only issue with his approach is assuming that he bats seventh, which I'm expecting Mm -hmm. him to bat seventh switch hitter. Mm -hmm. That's Mm -hmm. that weird spot where you're like, you can, and you can bark all you want about matchups and, you know, righty versus lefty. The seven hole is that spot. Yeah. Who is coming up after him? Eddie Rosario, probably. Eddie Rosario, or or who's your DH left? Who's your other DH? Uh, Marcel, Marcel uh, Ozuna from the Braves. Marcel Ozuna from the Braves, and <laughs> that man—it's just—it's a—it's a catastrophe. It's not really a catastrophe. I am exaggerating. I actually, this is going to be my hot take for the year. Okay, what's your hot take? I hate the man on a personal level for what he's done and the character that he has exhibited up to this point. And I'm hoping that any of the help that he has gotten helps move his personal life forward. I Did you look at the man's barrel percentage last year? I did not. That I, man's I mean, barrel. Glimpses. Uh-huh. That man's barrel percentage was elite. Okay. Elite. And he, can, he still swings the ball or, or swings the bat hard. His if ever I've seen somebody get so unlucky, it was Marcelo Zuna last year. So if he barrels even close to the rate he did last year, I think you're going to see more doubles. He's gap to gap. He's not going to give you, he's not going to give you the 30 home runs. He'll do 20 to 25, but he'll hit oodles of doubles. And, but still, I mean, nightmares and, and echoes of Dan Ugla, the way that man swings. All arms. Some of there's plenty of that. I, I, but that's that's why I have an issue with Ozzy and his approach, because uh-huh. when he was in the two hole, 
the man swings and fouls everything off. So he didn't give Acuna enough time to go steal a bag. Or he, if he, if Acuna was on the way, it was like, Oh, let me just do a little, little number down the first baseline. Right. right. Then you send him down in the bottom of the order. And it's with all the other guys with, with discipline issues. issues. So yeah. I think at that point, I'm like, are we going to have nine, 10 pitch innings in the bottom yeah. of the order? The bottom of the order can be rough because I mean, and especially like if you put Arcia at short or Grissom at short, it's like neither of those guys are necessarily known for being scary hitters, which means they're going to see fastballs and it's going to be all right. Let's get this over this inning over with and just don't give Ozzy and Ozuna something to hit. And that could end really, really bad. You can, I mean, because the most frustrating thing in the, in the world is when you're trying to get a rally going and somebody and swings at the first pitch. Yeah, well, that too. But like somebody swings at the first pitch and it's like, oh, it's a slow roller to second pitch. You're like, oh, great. And then the next guy comes up and it's a weak fly ball to center field. And then three pitches and strike out and we're on to the next. And you're like, this isn't going to end well. Because then the same guys have extra pressure. And that's when you, you see this team struggle. It's when the bottom of the order isn't doing what it needs to do. They always say, oh, the bottom feeds the top. Well, the, the bottom was doing that when RC was working good at bats and Michael Harris was batting at the bottom of the order and getting on base. Now Michael Harris is going to be filling the early part of the lineup, which is where he belongs. And the hope is that we don't need the bottom to feed the top because the top is going to feed itself. And I get why they've insisted on putting Ronnie at the leadoff spot. They've insisted. Well, Snicker won't move him out because Snicker's afraid to change anything. Um, I like Brian Snicker, but that's going to, he's still the way he manages the team bothers me. And I'm not going to complain about it because he won a world series because of it. So whatever. But I would love to He only to won see... the, the biggest trophy in baseball, but whatever. Exactly. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. And he's, he seems to figure it out. But it, the bottom of the order is going to be interesting. I think if Ozzy's doing what he needs to do, he's perfect. And you don't need to mess with it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you bet on Rosario is going to have a bounce back here. And if he's not, left field is the easy spot to fill. There's always somebody who can hit and play some defense. And even if their defense is iffy, there's always somebody that you can go get. And they have enough guys in the minors that if one of them does something, you give them a shot. I mean, Luplo and um, who's, there's another guy that they got that I, I super memorable guys, Sam Hilliard and like bums like this that have never done anything. Like these are all guys you're like, okay, if one of these three or four guys does anything, give them a chance. Or maybe it's Rosario. Rosario's got all of the World Baseball Classic to figure his swing out. Let's see what he can do. Ozuna's going to have to hit or he's going to be gone because they're not going to use him in left field. His defense is terrible, and we've got guys that can play TH. So Ozuna better come in guns blazing because otherwise he may not be here. Otherwise, we're going to have to struggle and whine because Ozuna from the Braves is batting eighth and he's batting 220 with four home runs through the first month of the season and has like eight RBIs because the only time he gets an RBI is because he hit the home run and he scored. Could you imagine telling somebody six years ago 
that in 2023, Marcelo Zuna would be an eight-hole hitter? Yeah, that's surprising. I'm trying to think of where he was six years ago, but I mean, I know he was probably with the Marlins at that point still, or would he have been with the Cardinals? I believe it was the Marlins, but it was that meteoric rise of like, here's a great hitting left fielder, the next big thing. Remember when he was a a gold glove winning center fielder? I I do. I think that was when that was that the Marlins. Yeah, yeah, that they was had with the Marlins when Yelich was Carlo Stanton, Marcelo and Stanton Zuna, right. and Christian Yelich, and they couldn't yeah. even get to five hundred. <laughs> and JT Real Muto. What a joke! Yeah, that was your Marlins. <laughs> oh, hey, give him credit though. Wild card World Series. Mm-hmm. It's the Marlins. The Marlins have always been a team I've never really hated to dislike. Like I enjoy rooting for the Marlins from afar. Like I didn't like them when they had oh, what was the name of that pitcher that was always throwing it. Jose Urania. Yeah, 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 yeah. Didn't like that guy. Uh, don't like that guy. Don't like Pablo Lopez. Glad we don't have to deal with him anymore. And I always like hitting against him because I feel like we always teed off against him, but I didn't like him. So I'm glad he's gone. But like, and I don't like, I mean, Sandy Alcantara, whatever, however you say his last name. I like him, the baseball player. I think he's really good. Sandy don't Alcantara. Like, I don't like playing against him because he's no. really good. No, like that's one good. of those guys that's like, doesn't matter how good this team is going. You run into him, you're probably going to lose. Same thing with, I feel like every time we play Zach Wheeler, we lose. I don't get that feeling against Scherzer, thankfully. I think we've cracked the We used the to be that way him. against Aaron Nola, too. Yeah, and Nola kind of has a good year and then a bad year. So I'm hoping this is the bad year, which is good because I hate the Phillies. He's the San Francisco Giants of pitchers. Yeah, we do have a lot of bad. And the Dodgers always struggle against on and off, hot and cold. Um, yeah. So yeah, um, seven, eight, nine is going to be interesting. Um, I don't think Vaughn is it, and that's I'm going to stick to that. But... I so this is what I think happened. I think the defense looks better than anyone expected, but he's going. He's not going to be able to hit enough to justify being a major league shortstop. They're going to send him in AAA. RC is going to be fine. He'll bat. 250 give us acceptable defense at short and somewhere between the trade deadline and whenever end of the season, they're going to pick up a guy who's going to be a better defensive option. Who's hitting well enough. And we're going to have a perfectly acceptable defensive shortstop. Who's going to get us through the end of the season. And then uh, towards the end of the year, Grissom's going to get called up and he's going to be the starting shortstop at the end of the season. That would be my my guess is Arcia is fine, nothing special. He'll settle into a bench role. We'll make a move who will get us through to the end of the season. I mean, we've had guys like Eric Ibar at short. Um, I mean, that team is terrible. But, like, you can get by with crappy shortstops and be just fine. And the Dodgers have, what's his name, Miguel Rojas, who's fine. Um, like, there are – we can do worse than having Arcia – I mean, last year the Phillies had um, what's his name, guy who used Camargo as their shortstop for mm-hmm. times during the season. Like, you don't mess with the Johan. <laughs> <laughs> but I think we're we'll be fine. I don't think, or Von Grissom's Derek Jeter 
and his defense looks iffy until he gets going and the confidence is high and then he's amazing. You never know. All I'm saying is I'm nervous when everyone top to bottom in an organization is busting their butt trying to convince me that somebody is the guy. <laughs> yeah, that's bad. You don't need, like, you don't hear people saying, oh, yeah, Ronnie looks great. Oh, yeah, Ronnie looks great. Like, no. You hear it once, you're like, oh, yeah, he's doing And then you see video, oh, yeah, he's doing it. But it seems like everyone in the media is like, oh, yeah, and Von Grissom looks amazing. Von Grissom looks amazing. Like, all right, let me see it first. You know what else I think? I think Von Grissom is going to come into spring training camp in the best shape of his life. Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. Just like every other person every other year. (laughs) You can't convince me he's the guy. He's the left field. He's a future left fielder. He is the left fielder of the future. I have no issue saying that. He's got enough speed, and he's got the bat, and he's got the athleticism. Mm -hmm. Um, Watching him play second base last year was... Meh. And I, he, out of I, position. I know he was out of position. And I know the arguments. I just the the first steps and the reads, uh, give him a year or two at AAA, find a stopgap, uh, convince the Red Sox that they don't need Aldebierto Mondesi, and uh yeah. keep it going. That would be really cool. Um, I wouldn't mind seeing Chris Taylor from the Dodgers, but the Dodgers are never gonna give us a short stop. Nope. But like there are guys out there. Um, Willie Adamas could end up back with the Braves. I remember when the Sean Murphy trade happened and yes. we're hearing, oh, and the Brewers are in the deal. We're like, yes, we're getting Willie Adamas. Big Willie no, time. You're not. The A's just didn't want Willie Wilson Contreras and so they sent him to the Brewers for nothing. Like that, oh my gosh, that trade yeah. was so frustrating. I was so frustrated. And then I realized, wait a minute, the A's are just dumb. Like, okay, I can't do anything about that. Like, that sucks. I'm annoyed because they don't appreciate one of my favorite players on the team. But it's not my problem, I guess. Like, okay, sorry, you have too many catchers, so you don't want him? Uh, Sounds like a dumb move on your part, but whatever. Have you seen the side-by-side of the two trades for Matt Uh, Wilson and uh Sean Murphy? Uh, I mean, it's pennies on the dollar. Yeah. I think it's it just it makes me sad because I liked those prospects. Like I really liked Christian Ponce. I thought he was gonna be really good. And I still think he could be good. I get why they let him go, because Michael Harris is also really good and he can actually hit. I think Shay Langoliers is gonna be really good. And but I get why they let him go because they had visions for a more proven catcher. Like these are all these I mean, Willie Wilson Contreras, Willie. Wilson Contreras is really, really good, and he's a really good hitter. And I wish we had him instead of Ozuna from the Braves as our DH. But we're a winning team, which means all the prospects got to go. So it'll be interesting. Who gets the next long-term contract? It's not Fred Max Freed, I'll tell you that. Um, oh, gosh. Um, who's coming? I hope it's not Travis Darno. I like Travis Darno, but he's not the guy I give a contract to. But I could see him getting like a three-year, $25 million deal, and he'll be overpaid. Um, I don't think it's Ozzy. I think they let Ozzy go. Who do we still have? I'm like, maybe Soroka. That'd be cool. 
Like if he has a good year, I could see him totally being a contract extension guy. Um, and that's what we're going to use to convince ourselves that it's okay to let Max Freed go because we have Mike Soroka and Spencer Strider. We haven't talked at all about the pitching staff, but I the pitching staff is interesting. I really like the pitching. We've got wild thing. That too. I think he's going to be really fun. So am I weird for having not bought in on the hype on Spencer Strider? Like he's really good, but I'm not ready to like, if there's stock options, I'm not buying his stock yet. I'm like, Oh, let me see it one more year. I have fully bought in on the man's tree trunk thigh legs. However, (laughs) I would like to see him in the rotation for a full year Uh with hitters and the league adjusting to him. Uh, He got hit around pretty good in the playoffs. Yeah. Um, It wasn't great. It was not, that was not ideal. Oblique injuries are never like never an easy thing to return from. So that kind of makes sense. I think if he can go a full season as good or even slightly less good than he did last year, I will buy in. I will buy the jersey. That's fair. Yeah. Okay. So let's say we're going, we're dipping into Mr. Key's wallet. Oh, boy. And very thin. Uh, you have to buy a jersey. What jersey are you buying? And it has to be somebody who hasn't been there for more than three years. So you can't, you can't buy an Acuna jersey. You can't buy a free jersey. You can't buy someone who's already established themselves as a break. You got to invest in somebody. Do I have to buy it today or can I buy it at the end of the season? Got to buy it today. If I've got to buy it today, I'm buying Michael Harris too. Okay. That's a good bet. And then what's your next one? Uh, My next one. I mean. The jerseys aren't aren't cheap. So you're investing real money. Um, Which is just as good as cash. Um, <laughs> Yogi Bear, yeah, I think for me it's Michael Harris and then okay. Spencer Strider with an asterisk. Footnote okay. being, I want to see a really good full season with decent uh-huh. numbers out of him before I, I commit. But it's it's those two, it's yeah. those two. Um, yeah, I, you know I love Olson, but you know I, hmm, you know we'll see. I, he's yeah. hot and cold, and then. Uh-huh. Murphy is is fun. I want to, but again, like hitters hitters ballpark versus the whatever the heck the A's Coliseum is nowadays. Uh-huh. That relic to a bygone era. Mm-hmm. And um, is Riley Riley had Riley's been here for three years. I can't buy Riley's jersey. Can't buy Riley's. Jersey. Yeah, Yeah, I think I mean, that's really all my options. I'm not buying a Grissom jersey. Heck uh-huh. no. Um, not buying a Rosario jersey because I think, (laughs) I think if he doesn't, if he doesn't, if he doesn't play well, he's out. He's gone. Like he's gone. uh, He's he's gone. Um, I have I have a moral obligation to not buy a Ozuna jersey, Uh and I mean, we I mean, I that's it. That's all I can think of. Yeah, it's so I think I'm thinking about pitching. It's like. I keep going back to Soroka was for sure one of my favorite pitchers on the staff. Michael Soroka. Michael, I hate that. I hate that. Like, stop telling me to change your name. 
like we've been calling you something this whole time. You're not about to, we're not, we're not changing your name, but whatever. Michael Soroka. Um, I think he is going to be, he's the guy that I'm hoping have the highest hopes on. If I'm going to put money on somebody to do something, he's the guy that I'm like the most excited for. So I think Michael Harris is the slam dunk option for guy to put, put invest in. I think he's been great at every stop he's been at. Um, Strider has not shown me reason to believe that he can't do it again. So he's a safe Nux bet. But I think Soroka is the guy that I want to root for and who I could I feel the best about. Um, I'm really sad when the Braves trade him for said shortstop that we've been waiting for and they go all in on Ian Anderson just because he's younger. Mm-hmm. I think that'd be a really lame decision, but I understand why they do it. But I think he's going to be really interesting. I think we've got some really young, nice young pitchers in the farm on the farm, but we're probably still at least two years away from them. Like, I mean, guys like Cole Ritchie and there's another guy, Phillips, and there's another guy whose name I'm forgetting. But like, we've got young guys, but we're probably at least two years away from them being relevant. But Darius Vines are guys fun. that Darius Vines is good. I think um, Alan Ron Hell is supposed to be pretty pretty good. And looked good. There's other guys that are going to be in AAA that'll be interesting, but I don't have any expect. I don't expect any of them to be impact makers. Same with like Bryce Bryce Elder. I think he'll be. He's like the Bryce Wilson of this year's team. Like a guy who's gonna have one or two good games. He's gonna be decent, but not good enough to lock a spot in in the rotation. And then we'll get moved at a deadline in three years, and we're gonna like, oh yeah, he had some good moments. And we move on and never forget, never think about him again because he's playing for the Pirates and can't crack their big league rotation either. So lightning round to finish us out. Who leads the okay. team this year in batting average? Ronald Acuna. I think he hits enough that he leads the team in batting average. I agree. Who leads the team in home runs? Also Ronald Acuna. Ooh, interesting. I actually think it's Austin Riley. I can see that. I could also see Matt Olson going bananas and hitting like 45 home runs. Who leads the team in RBI? Austin Riley, just because of where mm. he bats in the lineup. Again, I could see Olsen, but I think Riley does that. Should I ask who leads the team in stolen bases? I think it's going to be Ronnie, but I could see Michael Harris as well. Who leads the team in slugging? Ronnie. He's going to he's gonna have the year we were hoping he had two years ago. I On think base he, percentage. Austin Riley. No, Matt Olson. I think Matt Olson has a really good year this year. Actually, I'm changing my RBI vote. Um, cause I think Matt Olson is, you can't do that. Yes, I can because it's my podcast too. <laughs> Fair enough. What about Finally, you? Oh, for yeah, me, uh, batting average. I think it's Acuna. Okay. Uh, but I think it's close. Okay. I think it's close Who between him think, and Olson. Him and Harris. Oh, okay. No shift, baby. Yeah. That's why I'm like, can't shift that. on my first baseman this year. Yep. But I think it's close. I think in home runs, I think it's Riley. Okay. Um, I trust I trust in big thick man. I just <laughs> young you know thick. big thick. I think it's him. Uh RBI, I, I do think it's Olsen, actually. Okay. I think okay. the tick and batting average, his spot in the order, um combined with no shift, I think I think Olsen leads. As far as slugging goes, uh, I think it's Acuna. I think I'm with you. The year that we've always wanted him to have. 
Um, home runs, doubles, triples, all the goodies. I think he leads in OPS. I think stolen bases is Acuna's by a mile. Um, but I also I also didn't think Michael Harris will hit second in every game. I think he'll hit second against say. righties, and I think he'll hit more down the, the bottom toward lefties until he proves that he can really he can really do it. Um, so which do you can Ozzy bat second against lefties? Um, it breaks my heart to say, but yes, I do. He's just a lefty thumper, and when you've yeah. got the speed enough to be a, a decent secondary base stealing threat and you can, you can thump lefties like that. At least I think until Harris proves he can do it. And then I think it, yeah. it flips and I, we're not looking back. Um, yeah. But man, I wish he would just, he would watch the ball a little bit more. Um, yeah. Uh, and then yeah, stolen bases. Uh, who do you think leads the team in F war? I still say Ronald Acuna. And I think, I think Acuna is going to have an MVP season. Will he win MVP or will somebody else in the league win NL MVP? I think he wins it. I think he, because he is dynamic enough to get the votes. I think the Braves are good enough to justify it. I think the only issue is, is there going to be enough guys on the team that you're like, oh, well, should it be him or should it be the other guy? But I think he's going to separate himself and be like, yeah, that's the best player on the team and everybody else follows suit. So I think this is the year. Plus he's, too damn good to not my prediction for Riley beating out Acuna for home runs is based on the fact that I think Acuna will be a little bit cold coming out of the gate. Mm, But if he's hot from, from day one, we could have a 45, 45 season. I don't think he'll do 50, 50 like he wanted that one year, but (laughs) I think that would be fun. I think he could do it. If he goes 45, 45 and he doesn't win MVP, it's broken. It's rigged. It's rigged. Because they'll they'll go, well, you know, Juan Soto batted 280. I hate Juan Soto. I really do. <laughs> we all I do. I really hate that guy. We like all he's do. good. He's, he's one-dimensional. I get it. But what, he's a glorified more, designated hitter. What bothers me is none of that stuff. It's how much I hate when everybody else in the world is on somebody and they're just fine. Like Juan Soto's good. Don't get me wrong. He's a good player, but he's fine. He's a good hitter. He's not the best hitter in baseball. He's not the best power hitter. He's not the best any of that stuff. He's fine. But because he's been fine his whole since waking up and getting out of bed and he was 19 or whatever, like people think that he's like the best player ever. He's fine. He's not Mike Trout and he's not as fast. He's not as dynamic. He struggled a lot last year. He's fine. Let's see what he can do. But I I just don't believe in it. I mean, that's not right. Not true. I think he's a really good hitter. I think he's an all-star. I don't think he's the best player in the league. He's an all-star hitter, but as a fielder, he's super average, if that. Which is fine, but I just, like... Is that $300 million over 12 years fine? I mean, he's probably going to get more than that, but... That's what I'm saying. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. He's not that good. Like... I just, I don't think he's, I don't know. We're running out of time. Average at best. We'll, <laughs> no, we'll he's wrap better this than thing up. We'll wrap this thing up. He's better than that. He's better than that. But I think, I don't know. I just, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. We got a long season and it'll be fun. All right. Thank you guys for, for joining us for our very first and quite possibly best episode of <laughs> Ranting, and, Ranting and, Braving. and Braving. I'm Kellen for Eric. This is Eric. We're signing off. See you guys next time. See ya. Take care.
fun. He's not Mike Trout, but because he's been fine his whole since waking up and getting out of bed and he was 19 or whatever. I hate when everybody else in the world is on somebody and they're just fine. Actually, I'm changing my RBI vote because um, I think Matt Olson is. You can't do that. Yes, I can because it's my podcast too. We're a winning team, which means all the prospects got to go. 